The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It was one of those signs that you were growing up, uh, that you were maturing, and that People around you, people who knew you, were recognizing that you were growing up. Maybe it was your father or your grandfather inviting you uh, into his shop. Uh, and not just to sit on the stool uh, and, and watch from a distance, but to actually put your hand onto the board and help guide it through the saw or to work with the jigsaw and turn the wood carefully, right? Or to even take the chisel to the, to the lathe, right? These were th- signs that you were maturing and somebody was recognizing it and they were inviting you to, to join into it. Maybe it was a, a mom or a grandma or, or a dad or grandpa who invited you into the kitchen and, uh, and to help make the bread for the holiday feast. You know, that special recipe that had been handed down and you now had the opportunity not to just sit on the stool and watch from a distance, but to be right in there. Hands kneading the dough. Flour up to your elbows. Because... Someone who knew you recognized that you were growing, that you were maturing. Uh, And when you were in that moment, it felt like a sacred moment, you were attentive. All your senses were on heightened response because you wanted to soak in that moment. You knew how special it was that you had crossed a threshold. You weren't an adult yet, but you were growing up. And the people, the adults in your life, they looked at you and they saw it. And they invited you to be a part of things that were bigger than yourself. To be a part of that family tradition, not just as a recipient, but as one who was getting their hands dirty. As disciples of Jesus, we experience a very similar thing. Jesus is growing us up 
as his disciples. Growing us to maturity, even as St. Paul says in Ephesians, to the likeness of the Son of Man, the likeness of Christ himself. That's what it means to be a disciple, to follow him and to do the things that he does. You know, if you grew up uh, in the church, if you were maybe baptized as an infant or, or brought from a, uh, from a young time, uh, from a young age, brought to church and you're, you're growing up, it, you can kind of, it's kind of like fish in water, right? You're just, you know, kind of a part of it. You're, you're just kind of receiving uh, the, the programs, the activities, you're going to church and you're, in, and you're enjoying it all. But there comes a time, and maybe for you, that time is today, when you realize that Jesus is inviting you to join him in the work, not just to sit on the stool and observe, to be a passive recipient and, uh, uh, and to fill a space, but to actually join in doing some work of the kingdom. In last week's uh, sermon, Uh, in this series of simple practices for joining Jesus in everyday life, uh, I, you know, talked about seeking the kingdom. We talked about the kingdom of God being uh, the presence and activity of God redeeming humanity. And this is all based on our confession that Jesus, the Son of God, was crucified for our sins and is risen from the dead, never to die again. That he is alive and that he is at work, present in your relationships, the people whom you know in your household, in your neighborhood, in your place of work. I asked you last week to be looking for where Jesus is active, to look at your relationships with coworkers or friends or family members that you rubbed up against this week and to ask the question, Jesus, where are you at in this relationship? What are you doing? How are you messing with us? How are you messing with this person that I'm talking to? Uh, Where are you at work? And then to follow up with the question, Jesus, how are you inviting me to be a part of that? How are you asking me to join you in that work? You know, that is a key question for being a disciple, right? Recognizing that we're following Jesus right now, uh, but that we're not just filling up space in a pew. That it's, it's much more than that. You know, the... the uh, Sunday equivalent of sitting on the stool is to just come in and fill up the space for an hour to receive, but then to kind of have a switch when you leave the, leave the room. You get into your car and you're like, okay, now the week begins. <laughs> uh, or you do your 15 minutes of devotions and you check the box and you say, that's done. Now I can get on with the real work of the day. Right? That, is, that is sitting on the stool. That's observing. 
And that is not what Jesus is calling us to. He's calling us to active, vibrant lives of discipleship. He is at work in our world and he invites us to be a part of it. But you know, that, that task that I set before you, that question of Jesus, where are you at? How are you working in the life of my neighbor? That can be a, a really challenging one for us uh, to get our minds around. Uh, you know, to, to really think, you know, we think of our relationships with people, we just have a relationship with them. Uh, and, but we, it doesn't really occur to us a lot of times to ask, where's Jesus at in this? And even to ask it, how do you answer it? How do you begin to answer that question? If, if you found yourself this week asking that question, but then saying, I really don't even quite know what this means. Well, that's why that last week was week one in a five-week series. <laughs> and today we get a little bit more. We, today is hearing from Jesus. That is the simple practice for joining Jesus in everyday life. Hearing from Jesus. See, because if you're going to try to recognize where Jesus is at and, and what he's doing today, we don't have to just invent it with our imagination. He's actually given us his word on it. We have, through the witness of the apostles, accounts of what Jesus did as he was walking among the people of his day. You can Open up in the Gospel of Matthew uh, and start reading. And if you have a Bible that has the words of Jesus in red, you can look at those red letters and you can actually see what he said. The actual words of Jesus to the people that he was interacting with. And that's important because as we look uh, in the Gospels, these stories of what Jesus said and did 2,000 years ago, well, those are the exact same things that he's doing today. Jesus Christ, the scriptures confess, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus doesn't change. Jesus' work doesn't change. The work of the kingdom, God's redemptive presence and activity in the lives of humans, that doesn't change. So you can read in the Gospels of how Jesus worked to restore people to relationship by healing them, by forgiving their sins, by extending hope to those who were poor and those who were marginalized. And guess what? If you look in our lives today and you see the lives of people who are hurting and you see the lives of people who are suffering and lives of people who are questioning uh, and, and wondering what's going on and trying to make sense of life. Guess what? Jesus is, is the truth today. He is healing today. He is peace today. That's what he is about. That's what his kingdom is about. So if we're wondering, how can I recognize the presence and activity of Jesus in the world today? Well, we start by going to his word, by opening it up and saying, Jesus, show me what you're about. Because if you can recognize it in the scriptures, you can recognize it. You can begin to start recognizing it in your day-to-day -day life, your interaction with the people that you 
rub up against. You know, a little side note here. You know, we have lots of little devotional booklets that we offer uh, here. You can find them different places. Uh, you can get email devotions from, you know, countless different uh, sources. Uh, you can, uh, you know, read de- whole devotional books. And, and all of those are great. You can listen to podcasts and, you know, all those things. And, and those are wonderful resources. I've used devotionals and, and uh, I listen to podcasts myself uh, of different people and, and you know, it can be very helpful in our spiritual development to have those resources. But there's no better resource for recognizing who Jesus is and what he's about than going to the Bible itself. Don't let those devotionals, those email devotions, those podcasts take the place of you actually opening up your Bible and digging into it. And we've got some uh, resources here to help you out with that too. Uh, We have a little reading guide this year. We're reading through the Gospel of Luke uh, and alternating each month reading through Proverbs uh, to dig into the Word. And we've got little little boxes that you can check off your progress as you make your way through. But I, I like boxes that you can check off, right? You can know, okay, I've done that. But that's really not the point of the Bible reading. We don't read the Bible just to be able to check off a box and say, oh, I've done that. Right? Now I can get on to the rest of the work. We don't sit in the pew for a, a Sunday to listen to a sermon, to, to sing our hymns, and then kind of leave the place, uh, and then we get around to real life. <laughs> right? We don't read the Scriptures Uh, to amass knowledge about Jesus, about the work of God. It's not just head knowledge. It's not just trying to figure out facts so that, you know, if maybe one day you're on jeopardy and uh, the question is about uh, some biblical trivia, you can answer it and win the money. (laughs) I mean, that's a great side benefit. But uh, uh, that is not why we read the scriptures. We're not just trying to to pass a test because we have enough knowledge. There is no test. (laughs) We read the scriptures because through the words of scripture, we meet Christ himself, the person who died and rose from the dead for you, who is active in redeeming this world today. He comes to you and speaks his word to you in the scriptures. That's why we read the scriptures. So you can open up the Bible. And I know it can be intimidating as you open it up because you think to yourself, and I don't know how we got taught this. Maybe you know, uh, you know, somebody told us or we just picked up a feeling somewhere along the way that, that I, as an individual, I don't know how to, to read the text. I, I'm not going to be able to make sense of it. I need... You know, if I open up the Bible and just start reading it, I'm going to come up with some heresy or something and, and, you know, go way off the rails. And so, uh, you know, the Bible, if you approach the Bible with that kind of mindset, you can really, you know, wig yourself out. Say, okay, I'm just going to, Sunday morning's enough. I'll let pastor read it for me. But, but 
you don't have to worry about that. You know, I mean, it's possible to open up the scriptures and to read through them and to not understand what you're reading. Happens to me all the time, <laughs> right? You can, but then you can check in with neighbors. Say, did I read this right? This is what I was kind of reading. Does that seem off base to you? You can check in with your pastor. You can check it up against other scripture passages, right? Read it in community. But you know what? Let Jesus sort out the theology of it. Just get into the word. Because when you get into the word, that is how Jesus is taking you off of that stool in the shop or the kitchen. And he's, he's putting your hands into the dough. He wants to mature you, to grow you up so that you begin in your life to take on the very likeness of Christ himself. He wants to transform you. And that begins with your reading the word. And you can pray to him, say, Jesus, open my eyes to see you in this text. Open my mind to understand what it is that you're doing here. And, and he gives you the Holy Spirit to do just that. So you can pray, Holy Spirit, move in me that I may, may hear and, and see you uh, alive in this. You know, if you note in our gospel reading for today, Jesus says that both the foolish man and the wise man, wise man had the same experience. They both heard Jesus' word. The crucial difference was that the wise man heard the word and acted on it. Whereas the foolish man heard the word but did not put it into action. Jesus doesn't want you to just take up space to check a box, to think of his word, to think of uh, his kingdom as something that is separate from the rest of your life. He doesn't want just an hour on Sunday morning or 15 minutes during the, you know, a weekday. He wants your whole week. He wants your whole life. He wants you. And so he gives you his word to transform you, to be one who is a disciple, one who reflects and who begins to take on the very likeness of Christ in your life. Because as in the parable that he tells, when you go out into this world, and even if you're sitting in here today, the storms of life will hit us. The rains come, the flood waters rise, the winds blow, and that is whether you're wise or foolish. That's just life in this world that is marked by sin. You're gonna go through storms. Jesus wants you to be one who is founded in him, who has him as your base, your, your strength in him. One who has their identity, their core rooted in him. And that all comes through hearing his word. So he gives it to you so that you may have that. And then guess what? When that happens 
And you are able, even in the midst of those storms of life, to stand. Then you look around and you see those whose houses have fallen. And and guess what? We don't just look on them with pity. But that's the place where Jesus is at work. Jesus is at work in the lives of people whose homes have fallen down, literally and figuratively. And he's working there to do his redemptive work, to be present in their lives. And you who have withstood the storms by being rooted in him, he is asking you to join him in that work, to having gone through those storms to help those who have and are going through those storms now, to help them to find their root, their foundation in Christ. The question for this week is this. What has Jesus been teaching you lately? In the name of Jesus, amen.